Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, November 20th, and I, for one, am very looking much forward to uh, Thanksgiving. This is the week, Thanksgiving week, a couple more days. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to Invest Talk. Longtime listeners already know that Invest Talk, our commitment to reason and common sense, is what we do here. We are committed to it, to guide you to a better, to be a better investor. And if you're new to the program, I really do encourage you to, you know, listen and pick up the phone and call, ask a question. Any financial investment question is welcome. Our anytime listener line number is always the same, <clears throat> 888-99-CHART. Now, of course, today the market opened sharply lower. Try to get, get get back a little bit, but ended up about where it started at the beginning of the day. And that was, what, down 552 points on the Dow? So it was a pretty, pretty unpleasant day. So now we know that the averages, all the indexes, have lost money for the year. Apple was $177 per share early in the session, right? So do you remember what it was? 200 and what? 40 to 50. So is there a change or the mood of the market different? Or is the market just repricing or or making a valuation reset? Because, you know, you've been listening to me all year long. How often have I said, let's talk, uh, that one's overpriced. That's overvalued. That one's um, is, is not worth as much as it is. Or it's the high end of its PE ratio range for the last five years. How often have I said that the last, I don't know, months and months and months? So now we're getting a repricing, reevaluation. And, you know, I don't, there's, we're still not in a bear market. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not stocks are in a bear market. Many of the FANG stocks are in a bear market. Half of the S&P 500 are in a bear market, but the overall indexes are not in a bear market. Bear market is described as the stock market falling or an index falling, or stock falling 20% from its high, 20% or more from its high. So should we all just run for the hills at this point, or should we just hang on? So we're going to talk about that. Now, one of our objectives for InvestTalk is to help listeners learn about various investment and financial instruments. So today, I will take a few minutes to explain what you might be able to do with your accumulated wealth when the time comes to invest that back in the money, back in the market, if if you have it already outside of the market. But, you know, but what do you do with the market? What do you do with your wealth, all of your wealth, when you retire? Do you just come up with a will? Or do you use a trust? Do you know what a trust is? We're going to talk about trusts for a few minutes here. Before I get to that, though, let's go ahead and take time for a question on our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, Steve. My question is regarding individual bonds for GE Capital. The prices have tumbled recently for fear of creditworthiness and downgrades. And on the secondary market, it looks like yield to worst is 75 to 8% for a five to seven year bond. At a, for an investment grade security, it seems like a really good yield. And I'm thinking of buying some. I'm just wondering if you could give me your opinion and see if there's something I've missed. Thanks a lot. Okay, these are GE bonds he's looking at, General Electric. So on a bond, what you have is the full faith and guarantee of the company to pay you the interest and then to give you back your money when the bond matures. So the first question you ask yourself about whenever you buy any individual bond is does this company have the staying power to pay me back my money and give me that annual interest yield until the bond matures? Is the maturity five years, two years, 10 years? Does GE have the ability to stay in business until they pay your bond? Back to you. That's really the question you ask yourself. Now, GE is still a $66 billion company. It makes money. It's going to make $0.72 cents this year, but it made $0.86 cents last year and $1.14 the year before. To next year, it's going to make $0.86 cents again. So it looks like it's trying to stabilize. So is it a good bet? They have lots of debt. They're trying to, he's trying, the new CEO is trying to pay off that debt. Pay, you know, pay down some of the debt, not off it, but pay down some of the debt. And so really you have to ask yourself, and I have to look at it much more closely than just here on the radio, to see if they have the wherewithal, the stock is selling at $7.65, to pay me back my bond money. Does it? Can it, you know, can it handle that? And my gut feeling is, I think they're going to be around for a number of years. I don't think they're... You know, I, the question is, is will they file bankruptcy? You know, and I, that would be, a, that's a pretty big stretch for me to even think that they would do that at this stage. But that's a question you have to ask yourself about bonds. Does the company have the ability to pay you back? That's it. That's, the, that's it. 888-99 charters our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. And let's see. Now you okay? Let's talk about bonds. Now let's talk about trust. You work hard for your money, your wealth over your lifetime, and at some day in the future you're going to pass, just like everybody else. No one gets out of out of out of out of the out of the world without dying. You can't. You're not going anywhere. You're going to die. So what do you do with all that accumulated wealth? You know you're going to pass it to your heirs, whoever they might be. If you have no errors, you're still going to pass it on to somebody or something. And how you can do that, of course, everybody knows about a will, but a trust is a better instrument. So what is a trust? And what are the types of trusts and their benefits? And this story you found at bankrate.com, by the way. Uh, and the topic is complex. Don't think it's simple. Uh, we're just going to scratch the surface here, give you some basic understanding. A trust is a vehicle to pass assets to a trustee who in turn holds those assets in a trust fund for the third party, the beneficiaries. Trust or beneficiary could be one. Trust can be an appealing option 
If your aim is to minimize taxes, protect assets, and avoid probate. Probate is when you die and you don't have a will or a trust. Uh, then the state makes up its own will for you and decides how the money gets dispersed. And they charge a lot of money for it. Now, if you create a trust, you also control how and to whom the assets will be dispersed. You don't even have to die. They can, you can, the trust can disperse assets while you're still alive. You have to choose a trustee or trustees to carry out the wishes in your trust. So you can see how, see how important that that trustee is trustworthy. And I've seen a lot of people pick family members and cause huge problems because of that. So many, most people, many people, and most, and I did too, uh, create a trust to minimize hassles and fees for their loved ones to create a legacy uh, if you want to, a charitable giving kind of trust if you want. And the primary benefit of trust is that it allows you to determine where your assets go and when your beneficiaries will receive those assets. For instance, my brother, a number of years passed away. He had a couple hundred thousand dollars and he gave the money to his nieces uh, uh, on his side of the family. And there was three of them. And he t gave them money. I was a trustee. In his trust, they were to receive the money at the, when they turned age 18. I thought that was foolish, but that was the trust. And all three of those kids got that money and blew it within a year as they each turned 18. We're talking about what? $70,000, $80,000. Just blew it. Not on education either. Not on anything smart. And so that, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to wait till they're 30 years old before they get the assets. You can do that in a trust. Okay, what kind of trusts are there? How, well, here are a few of the kinds of trusts. Marital trust or, or a trust, a, the letter A trust. Credit shelter trusts. Charitable remainder trust. And they come in two flavors, revocable and irrevocable. Revocable and irrevocable. They, just what they sound like. One, a revocable trust, you can change it, you can get rid of it, you can make it disappear anytime you want. Irrevocable trust, nope, it's irrevocable. You can't do anything. Once you set it up, it's done. Okay, a little bit about trust, everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance, a first step in building a more profitable investment strategy, and you can quickly calibrate your own risk tolerance anytime by using our free online tool at investtalk.com. It's called Riskalyze. It's just a risk questionnaire with a very short list of questions to ask. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it, and if you can carve out any private time over the holiday, you might want to review the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And you can do this anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? How about medical expenses are pushing more baby boomers into poverty? 
By 2030, retirees will be spending more than 50% of their Social Security income. You know those Social Security benefits you get every month? By 2030, 50% of that money will be paying for medical costs, health care. And you're already getting Medicare. We're not talking about that. We're talking out-of-pocket expenses. So we'll talk, we're going to discuss that. Also, I had a, a very, uh, on the Bloomberg Business Week, and they actually still publish that magazine, there was an instant, interesting little growth outlook chart of all the countries in the world. And they had like little circles for the size of the, each economy, what it will be next year, 2019. And I thought I'd share some of the different numbers from the various countries. And, of course, the U.S. is number one at $21.5 trillion. That's the size of our economy. But do you know what some of the others are? I mean, this, I thought it was very interesting, so I'm going to share that. And um, I'm also going to share with you, you know, everybody's so worried about the market. I thought I'd share with you uh, the past market crashes, how long they lasted, and how much they fell. I can go back all the way to 1929, by the way. But I won't go back that far. But, you know, I'll talk about it briefly. But how long, how many months or years each bear market lasted? We're not in a bear market. We're just in a correction. And how deep that bear market was. And how many years between bear markets, which I thought, and I had to figure that out. They didn't, they didn't put that in there, but I did. And I wanted to see... How long between each bear market there was? So let's say that, you know, it's 10 years between one bear market to the next. That means in between there was a bull market. So how long? Very interesting stuff. We're going to share that. And finally, all the ways you can mess up your 401k, which we did not get to. I think it was on Friday, but I definitely want to get to today. So those things we're going to discuss, but of course, you always come first. I come second. What I want to talk about comes seconds. Uh, you, uh, the listener, are first. Just like my clients are first, I am always second. Always. That's how it works. You know, uh, and that's how it should work. It's your money. Your time. And I do appreciate you giving me your time and my clients to let me help manage their assets. I really do appreciate that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you and I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. Justin and I are dedicated to making Invest Talk Academy a valuable learning tool for serious investors. We're learning how to t- put on these classes ourselves, but it's kind of fun. I kind of enjoy it. And you can learn more about it at investtalkacademy.com. We'd love to see you in the class. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. It's a good news tool for serious investors. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. 
Today's main talking point, medical expenses uh, uh, are pushing baby boomers into poverty. And what's interesting, it's not just the medical expenses pushing them into poverty. It's not just that. There are other things or contributing, contributing factors, but that's one. It's pushing more people into poverty. Remember, if you're living, that's why it's so important to save money now before you start collecting Social Security. And you heard me give you this stat that by 2030, half of your Social Security benefits are going to be paying for out-of-pocket medical expenses. It's medical expenses are going up. Simple as that. And it's going to, it's going to be hard keeping up. Half of that out-of-pocket, by the way, is for drugs. And did you know we pay the most drugs, we mean U.S. citizens, than any other country pay for the most, pay the most for the drugs than any other country in the world. So the, the lesson here to me is, man, you better prepare yourself for retirement. You've got to prepare yourself for retirement. You cannot, you cannot just, just ignore it. You're, going to, you're getting older. You can't just say, well, I'll worry about that later because you won't have a job. There, you know, No matter what the law says, there is a ton of age discrimination. You lose your job when you're 50 years old, 50 years or older, and you don't have a specialized skill, you're going to have a hard time finding a job. And you probably won't find a job that pays the money that you're used to. They're going to hire a young person and train them. So unless you have some specialized skill, I mean, even my, I have a brother-in-law who is a computer programmer, has been one all his life. He lost his job 20 years ago, 20 years ago, because his skill wasn't in the modern languages. He is, his skill was in Fortran and that was Cobalt. I don't know what languages are out there, but there, you know, that was the old stuff. And he, you know, he's still working, but, you know, he had a hell of a time not making the money he used to make. He used to work for uh, Netflix. He was at, at the beginning of Netflix. They're the ones that laid him off. So, so you need to start worrying about yourself now. You know, now. Well, you saw the market was down pretty good. Uh, Dow was down 552 points. The NASDAQ was down 120. And the S&P down 49. Pretty pretty ugly day today. And it's been kind of ugly last for a while now. Six, you know, what, six weeks? So, more, but in the beginning of October. Let's go to Farouk in Fremont. Hi there, Farouk. I'm doing very good. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I'm, I am I want to know the fundamentals of Cinex. Uh, the symbol is Sam Nancy X-Ray. Um, it's it's basic sure. kind of over here. It uh, dropped from 140 It's half price right now. I'm trying to think yep. to pick it up or not. I'm kind of confused here. Or there is a okay. further downside or is the company um, not making enough money? I don't know about the fundamentals. If you can help me. Okay, with the fundamentals. Sure, sure. The fundamentals look pretty strong. They look pretty strong to me. Uh, Synex is the symbol as SN, as a Nancy X, as an X-ray. Distributed systems, peripheral systems, components, and packaged software and network and equipment. Okay, that's what it does. It's a $3.7 billion company, so it's a small cap, but, you know, moving to the medium size. You know, the stock price is $74 a share, but don't confuse that with how valuable it is because the P.E. ratio is only 8. 
They make eight dollars. They made eight dollars and eighty-six cents last year per share. Eight dollars and eighty-six cents. This year, 2018, they're going to make ten dollars and thirteen share dollars, ten dollars and thirteen cents a share. And next year, another eleven dollars and fifty-seven cents a share. So you're looking at a stock of seventy-four dollars, going to make eleven dollars and fifty-seven cents a share. Well, that's like a six PE. Well, the five-year range for this company is 7 to 17. Return equity is very good at 17%. They don't have a ton of debt. Mutual funds are net buyers over the last year. The, the negative that you have on this company is that the sales growth fell for the first time in the most recent quarter. When I say fell, the growth fell. Instead of growing 28 and 29 and 37%, it's now only going to grow 15%. And I'm, I'm assuming that's the only reason why it got beat up because I don't see anything else from what I can, what's here. This, the price around $74, $75, there's a lot of support in this area. In other words, it's been down here a couple of times and bounced off. So, Farouk, I'd wait for it to bounce up. If it gets above, I'd wait for a bounce above the 50-day moving average, which is around $82, $83 right now. I want to see some strength come into it, but it looks like it's getting awful close to the bottom, and this could very well be the bottom. But I still think you need to be patient and see some strength come into it. Thanks for the call. SNX is the Temple Senex Corporation. Uh, it looks pretty darn good to me. Good value at this point. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, stock and bond markets represent the biggest threat to financial stability. That is the stated belief of the United States Treasury Office of Financial Research, the OFR. That story is tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Ycharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Ycharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Ycharts every day. Ycharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Have you visited InvestTalkAcademy.com? You should. 
it can help you learn to invest like a pro because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Huh? I'm going to have... 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and talk to Daniel in Palo Alto. How you doing, Daniel? Hi, Dave. Been a while. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I had a question about a, a security, a mankind stock. It's a stock. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want to buy it or do you already own it? I already own it. Okay. Let's take a look at Mankind Corporation, MNKD, develops treatments for cancer, diabetes, including a dry powder insulin formulation. It's a, it's a, it's a very small company. $269 million is this total market cap. It is a very, it's a, it's a stock that's selling for $1.69 and it doesn't make any money. It has made money once and that was in 2016, made 59 cents a share. It's going to lose a, a 76 cents a share and then another 66 cents a share next year. Sales growth is is increasing, but it's only at $4.8 million a year, so it's very low. Now, I'll tell you, Daniel, I would never buy this stock for me because it doesn't make money. Uh, it's not been consistently making money, and the cash flow is negative, so they're burning through a lot of cash. I, I don't, you know, I would not own this stock. I would not. Now, if you want to take a shot at it because you know some, you know, maybe it's out there, cancer stuff will take off someday or maybe it won't. You can try this kind of stock on a very risky basis, but with a very little bit of your money because it's high, high risk, high, high risk. When any company that doesn't make money is not going to make money in the, in the, in the near future, they're very high risk. So, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't own it. It would not be in my portfolio. Daniel, appreciate the call. Thank you. Mankind Corporation, M-N-K-D. Not for me. Okay. Bear markets. Bear markets. Going back to 1929. By the way, the September 1929 bear market lasted 33 months, and the market went down 86%. 1929. Then 1937. That bear market lasted uh, 61 months, and the market went down 60%. But let's let's maybe get a closer look at more recent kinds of markets. That was during the Great Depression. Okay, how about uh, the bear market in 1957? Market went down 21%, lasted 14 months. In 1962, six months, that's all it lasted, 28%. 1966, eight months, 22%. 1968, just two years later, 18 months. It lasted 18 months to May 1970, and that was 36%. And then 1973-74, that's the one I, I first remember. I was just getting out of college then. That was 21 months and down 27%. 1987, that's the one with a 20% crash in October 19th, 19th, remember that? That lasted four months, that bear market, 33%. 1988, 
1990, the dot-com implosion. No, I'm sorry, that was 2000. 1990 uh, lasted only three months, down 20%. So just barely, just barely a bear market. Then the dot-com implosion. That market went down 49%. And then the 2008 financial crisis, the market went down 56%. Now, what's interesting, I thought was more interesting than just the raw numbers. And I wanted you to note, note that it's around 30, 35% on average the most recent normal bear markets. But I want you to note how many years in between there's a bull market. So going back to 1956, the years in between was four years before the bull, before the next bear market. Then another four years from the 62 ending. Then two years, then three years, then six years, then five years. And then 13 years from the 1987 crash. 13 years. That was a bull market for 13 years, until 1990. Then, when it ended, right? Remember, the, the that was 10 years until the dot-com crash. 10 years of a bull market. And then you had the dot-com crash. They ended in 2002. Five years later, we had the next financial crisis. So now... That lasted until March of 2009. I don't know if you remember the market turned around. March of 2009. 2009. Here it is, 2018. Going to be 2019 pretty soon. That's 10 years. And we've, in the recent history, we've only had two of those lasting that long or longer. This has been a very long bull market. It's time, people. It's time for the bear market. Now, doesn't mean we're going to be, I don't, I still don't believe this is the commencement of the bear market. I don't believe that. But it certainly is the first shot telling you, hey, things don't look the greatest. I, I still think there'll be next year, later next year, that we'll see the recession later next year or the year after. But we can see a bear, bear market before that. They usually do happen before the recessions actually hit. But I think we're still a bit too early. We'll see. I don't see enough fear in the market yet, still. <laughs> so, anyway. I thought that was a, some interesting statistics. You know me, I like statistics. I like historical statistics. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, every weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, via archive podcast at investtalk.com. So be sure, be sure to subscribe, if you would, to the podcast through iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, any one of those. Appreciate that. Lines are open. We're taking your financial or investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. We are headed into the final trading sessions of 2018, and now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for help with your portfolio. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, uh, Steve and Justin. This is Rick Hanchan from 
Portland, Oregon. Big fan of your show. So I was just listening to the podcast yesterday, and with all the talk about the tech stocks, NASDAQ in general, a lot of my portfolio is heavily weighted on the tech stocks. Were you implying that I should be selling out of everything? Should I be liquidating all of my all of my investments? They're mostly all ETFs. F-Tech would be one of them. Another one would be like ONEQ. Both of those are down about 12% year-to-date. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Look forward to hearing the show. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat myself, and I've been repeating myself forever about constructing your portfolio. Do not have too much of any one stock or any one sector. What's too much? Well, I can tell you what I like. I like to buy three percent of a stock. Therefore, if I'm going to be fully invested, I'll have thirty-three percent. Uh, thirty-three different stocks, right? Thirty percent times thirty-three, ninety-nine percent invested. So that's one rule of thumb. And the other rule of thumb is don't have too much in any one sector. I've seen this in the dot-com many years ago. Everybody had 100 portfolios, 100% in dot-com and tech. Lost, They lost 80% or more of the value. So if you have too much of it, doesn't mean you have to get rid of it. It just means you have to have a proper balance in your portfolio. A proper balance. Remember, we talked about rebalancing your portfolio. You need to rebalance your portfolio. Don't have more than maybe 15 to 18% or so in tech or any one sector for that matter. Don't have more than 15 to 18% in healthcare. Don't have more than 15 to 20% in consumer staples. Don't have it, it on and on and on. You need to not overload. And that means now have more than that. You can have less than that, and that's not a problem. You can have much less than that. Tech, we have very little tech and have had very little tech because it's so expensive. The only one we really had was Apple. We had a couple others off and on, but those are only for trade, but long term blue chip kind of hold, that's Apple. So the answer is you don't have to get out of tech, but you certainly have to rebalance it. And if it's you, you mentioned it was a dominant in your portfolio, that's wrong. You don't have anything dominant in your portfolio. Nothing. If you're going to manage your own money and manage it properly, you don't have any one stock or sector dominate your portfolio. And now you've got to pay attention to what you do have and look forward as to, you know, for tech. Tech has been so obvious that it's overvalued. In many ways, it's still overvalued. So, therefore, it's going to go back to normal valuation someday. I, of course, never can tell anybody when, but you certainly don't over, over, over invest in tech. That, that's just wrong. So, you need to cut back your tech to be more reasonable part of your portfolio. Okay? That's what that means. Doesn't mean you have to get out. Just means that you need to have you need to have the tech that is reasonable and make sure you can sleep at night and not worry about it. Okay? 888-99 chart. Okay. 2019, the growth of world economies to a particular size in 2019. For instance, this is out of, by the way, Bloomberg Business Week. And it's uh, their 
their 2019, the year ahead special issue. The U.S. economy by far is the biggest at $21.5 trillion. And number two, of course, is China. $14.2 trillion. Did I say trillion? It should be trillion. So U.S. is $21.5 trillion and China $14.2 trillion. Okay? Now, after that, what, what's next? Well, Germany is $4.1 trillion. Think how small that is compared to the U.S. and the China economy. That's the third. We're $21 trillion, China's $14 trillion, and Germany's third is four. What? No, I'm sorry. Germany is fourth, where Japan is third. Japan is 5.2. But still, 5.2. Then Germany, 4.1. You can add those two together, and then all of Europe, and still not even come close to us in size of our economy. I find that very interesting. So should you. Some of the other countries around the world struck me as they're that small. Australia, 1.5 trillion. Brazil, 1.9 trillion. But how about Europe? Spain, 1.5. UK, 2.8. France, 2.8. Russia. Russia. Russia is like a third third world country. It's 1.6 trillion. 1.6. They're a gnat compared to us in China. How about Saudi Arabia? 800 billion. They're tiny <laughs> you know, compared to us in China. Now, isn't that interesting? I mean, the Philippines is 400 billion. Uh, we have, we, okay, just to give a little scale, Apple Computer was at its height just a few months ago a $1 trillion company. Just one company bigger than many of these other full all their country half apple was half the size of you know italy <laughs> just apple i'm just i'm just pointing it out i mean god I, it's hard for me to believe how small in comparison these countries were i now i knew that they were small but i didn't believe that they were that small <laughs> gives me a sense of uh, scale Interesting, huh? I thought it was interesting. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, we're going to have a lot of economic numbers out tomorrow, just so you know. And that's going to be it for the week. So, and there's going to be a lot. And the one I'm going to be looking forward to seeing, it would be the durable goods report. Because the orders for durable goods, I want to see if that's, if the corporation's core durable goods are shrinking, and if so, how much? Because, you know, I, you know, you always go, I'm always looking at the economy. How good is the economy, and what's going to happen going forward? Let's go ahead and get to another uh, caller on, uh, on our Anytime Listener Line number. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is uh, John from Sunnyvale. I have a question for Justin or Steve. Uh, what do you think about uh, business development corporations BDCs as part of a uh, diversified collection of you know, dividend stocks. Um, in particular, there's a ETN that tracks an index of BDCs with the ticker Boy Dog Cat Sam. 
and it's yielding around 9% right now. So I'd like to get your um, opinion on that. Thanks. Okay, let's look a look at it. BDCS, you... Uh, well, we're going to have to, we're going to take them after the break, but yeah, so because I'm right up against it. So we'll take this quick break and we'll get back to you. Thanks for the question. On the next Invest Talk, stock and bond markets represent the biggest threat to financial stability. That's according to the Treasury's OFR, the Office of Financial Research, and Steve will have that story tomorrow. But now, he's here, ready with answers, and Steve is waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, John, Sunnyvale, we're going to talk about BDCS. He asked, uh, would it be a good thing to get into? And what is BD, BDCS? It's UBS. Uh, it's, a, it's an ETF, exchange-traded fund-seeking Performance corresponding to the Wells Fargo Business Development Company Index. Business Development Company Index. That's the key here. So they make loans or they invest in developing businesses. That's how they make money. And they're yielding, given a yield, a dividend yield of 9%. And that's probably what has attracted you to this company. And I'm going to say right here, do not fall in love with a dividend yield of anything. Don't fall in love with it because it has to be sustainable. Now, look at the earnings and the quarterly, 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 quarter after quarter after quarter earnings for this company. In the last three quarters, they've lost 9%, 11%, and then 6% on their earnings compared to a year ago earnings. A year ago, the earnings were going up. Now, the last three quarters, probably for this latest quarter, we'll probably have a another fall, they're going down. That should tell you something. When do business development companies shine? When are they best best time to invest in business development companies? The best time to invest them is coming out of a recession. Because then there's business opportunities. All the bad ones have gone bankrupt, the ones that couldn't make it. Now that you have the ones that left and they got economy that's growing. It's not a good time to invest in these business development companies or their index when the economy has been strong for a long period of time and looks to be peaking. It's not a good time to be buying these. So that's one of the reasons why this is this has been going slowly down for always since middle of 2017. Okay, yeah, it had a little run up from February up to from $18 to $20 to, uh, what, September, and started falling in September, and then took a hit, pretty hard hit in October, of course. That, and today is at 1908. This stock does not, this ETF or ETN uh, does not move very much either way. But I'm more concerned about that, maintaining that dividend, 9%. If you have earnings falling, you're not going to be able to maintain the dividend. So I probably would avoid it at this point of the economic cycle. Let's talk to Ron and San Mateo. How you doing, Ron? Good, Steve. I wanted to get your opinion on uh, bank loan funds, uh, in particular, uh, Eaton Vance's bank loan fund, EVBLX. Uh-huh. 
Okay, Invance Floating Rate Bond Fund. It's a mutual fund, everybody. And I need more time. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can get to uh, my Morningstar site real fast. Uh, you know, it's a floating a floating rate bond fund. Floating rate meaning the interest rates that the loan, the bonds themselves, the yields that they pay float. They're not fixed. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And that is not not that's not a bad idea when you have interest rates that are rising. You want them to float. Because you don't want to be stuck in low interest rate environment when interest rates are rising. Now, this Eaton Vance Floating Rate Fund, A, is a four-star fund. The part I don't like about it is an A fund. You know what that means, Ron? It's an A share. That means mm -hmm. you have to pay heavy commission up front. Okay? They, the A shares are yeah, all commission got, up front. Got others, Usually, they've got others that don't have that. and I didn't have that symbol, but it's the same fund. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, stay away from the A shares. I'd rather have no, you know, no, no load whatsoever. But I don't know if you'll find that. And this is a fairly high, highly rated. It's a four-star rated fund in this sphere. So it's highly rated by Morningstar in what in what it does. So it's better than its peer group. They take uh, their return is above average for their peer group. And let's see, uh, what is that? Uh, the average maturity is five and a quarter years. They pay um, uh, four, four, around 4% four yield. And so, yeah, I have no problem with that. It should do okay in the rising rate environment, Ron. It really should. Appreciate the call. Thank you. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program, and we'll do another one tomorrow. I hope to see you there. Have a nice evening, everybody. Two days until Thanksgiving. I'll be back here tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.